What's up, beautiful souls? It's Candy, your spiritual bestie, back with another episode of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. Happy 2023, guys. Welcome to the new year. Now, I call this part one of two new years, okay? Because the real new year we all know is in the springtime and we're going to celebrate that as well. But I'm always down for a celebration. I'm always down to experience some joy in the middle of all of this life that we out here live in. So I allow myself to enjoy and partake in celebrations as often as possible. And I encourage you guys to do the same. I know not everybody celebrates the holidays and all of that, but um, I encourage you to create your own traditions around it because some of these holidays do have elevated vibrations, especially like Christmas time and New Year's. So I encourage you guys to take part in that. Take part in that energy because this is a great time to really create your own traditions. You know, now that we have grown and come to some understandings of the world around us, the history of things, um, I think that is always good to make things your own. And you don't have to celebrate the way the world celebrates, but I encourage you to find your own way to connect with the holidays, regardless of how you feel about them. That way you're taking advantage of the energy that's out there, that's available, the elevated energy, because Christmas time and New Year's, they're unique times of the year. And I find that the energy is generally really, really beautiful around that time of the year. Um, This year felt a little bit different. I don't know about you guys, but it just felt a little bit, I don't know. It just, it didn't feel the same. It really didn't. Um, And I guess maybe since COVID, things just kind of haven't felt the same. But um, this year was really just, it didn't feel like last Christmas did for me. Last Christmas to me was just, it felt more festive. This year, it just felt a little less festive, I guess. Um, But I still enjoyed the time. I took some time off work. I had a break from school, which is why you guys were able to get some episodes out. I was able to get some episodes out. You guys were able to, um, we were able to check in with each other on IG Live. So that was great. So um, I've really enjoyed the break. I've enjoyed the time of resetting and being able to, being able to just kind of step back from my day-to-day routine and really take some time for myself. I needed it um, and I'm so thankful for it. So I'm feeling a lot better. I'm feeling like I could take a couple more days of rest, but I got to get back to it. So, um, hey, we march on, you know. Um, I am really excited about today's episode because I've been sitting on this episode since the summer. Um, literally, I remember this was around the time that Texas was on fire. Like we had brush fires um, all over the place during the summer. And we did this episode, Jessica and I did this episode in the summer. And unfortunately, with school, I just miscalculated my ability to really juggle everything. And and the podcast has had to be on the back burner and Spiritual Bestie and my interactions have had to be um, a lot 
less frequent. And hey, I'm rolling with it. It is what it is. This is a part of the journey. We can't always be on. We can't. Sometimes we got to put things on the back burner. And I realize that. And I'm also learning to stop over committing myself because my intentions and my heart be in the right place. But I think it also um, it doesn't go over well all the time when I say, hey, yeah, I can do this or hey, yeah, let's do this. And then I'm not able to because my plate is full. So I'm learning to not overcommit myself. I'm learning to just chill and just relax and say, hey, not right now or not volunteer myself because sometimes I'll be volunteering myself for the mess. Okay. And I got to get better at that. I'm going to get better at that. I'm working on that. Um, But this episode I'm really excited about and I still feel like divine timing. You know, we are now in a collective seven year and I encourage you guys to go back to the episode that I did on Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie previously on my personal year. Um, This was the first episode that I did for 2022. And I encourage you guys to go back and listen to it. It is called um, My Spiritual Reset and and Your Personal Year. Go back and listen to that episode so that you can, you know, calculate your personal year. So you can also get some insight as to what that means for you, what, you know, your particular personal year means and what you can expect. But collectively, we're in a seven year. This is a year of deep spiritual healing, spiritual reawakening. It is just a very spiritual year. Um, And I talked about this on my Instagram live recently. I encourage you guys to go back and definitely check out part one and part two of the Instagram live. Listen to that in its entirety, because there are so many messages that came through that evening, not just specifically for, you know, your respective Zodiac sign, but just collectively there were messages throughout that live. And I encourage you guys to go check that out. With us stepping into a seven year, I see a lot of people doing traveling, um, taking sabbaticals, taking some time to pause on the luxury and get deeper into the real experience of wherever they're visiting, getting in with the people, getting in with the culture, getting in with the spiritual side of that part of the world or that part of the country. I encourage you guys, if you get the opportunity, take full advantage of it. Okay, luxury travel is great. I love me some luxury. Okay, I will be the first ones who tell you. However, if you get the opportunity to get get amongst the people in another region, in another country, in another area, take advantage of it. It will awaken you spiritually. It will change your perspective on life. It will help to invoke more gratitude in your life when you see the way that other people live with less, but they live like they have more. It is such a beautiful thing to experience. Um, It can be kind of sad too, but for those of you that are feeling 
the pull to really travel and go somewhere foreign, go somewhere you've never been before and experience life there for a little bit. I certainly encourage you guys to take full advantage of that and follow the lead of your spirit. I see a lot of people traveling and going out and stretching and expanding their wings in other places. And I'm looking forward to hearing about it from you guys. If you um, do take some sabbaticals or have some travels, um, definitely please, if you have an experience, share that with me. I would love to hear it. And um, today's episode, I talked to Jessica. Well, we talked months ago, but um, this episode is really beautiful because she originally was on a previous episode rolling with the homies. Um, Jessica and I did this episode back in 2020 and this was episode 305. It's called rolling with the homies. And this is a follow-up. This is part two to that where, you know, she and I catch up with each other and I follow up on her journey and her discovery of, um, you know, what her experience showed her and taught her. And we're going to get into all of that. But I encourage you to share this episode with at least one friend that you know would benefit from hearing this episode. If you're thinking of a friend right now, go ahead and just share that episode. If you haven't caught up with, um, if you didn't hear, you know, Rolling with the Homies Part 1, Episode 305, go back, listen to that first. So you kind of hear the prelude to this episode today. And I hope that you guys gain something or or receive something from it. I definitely did. I feel like this is perfect timing though, as we are getting into the start of this seven energy of 2023 and getting into this reawakening for some of us spiritually a pivot for some of us spiritually, shifts spiritually, a recommitment to our spiritual practices. I encourage you to go where your spirit is leading you to go. And if you haven't been in your spiritual practice, that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to reset. It's okay to restart. You don't have to always hit the mark. That's not what this journey is about. This journey is about us being able to establish a foundation that we can always come back to because sometimes life happens. Sometimes we get caught up in our day-to-day routine and we don't get all our meditation in. You don't have to be a perfect pupil. You know, it's really important to remember that. You don't have to, your practice does not have to be perfect. Your practice needs to be authentic and true and real to you. And yes, we need to strive for consistency and commitment to our practices. But sometimes, you know, we are led in different paths. Our lives as spiritual beings don't change because we get a little sidetracked. We're still spiritual beings having an earthly experience. So remember that the next time you want to kind of beat yourself up for not being on your practice, it's okay to start, restart now, restart today, get in meditation today, get in prayer today, read up on or get back into your practice, get back into your spell work or whatever it is that you do, get back into it today. You don't have to be a perfect pupil. 
Just make sure that your practice is real, true, and authentic to you. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. By the way, before we go into today's episode, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so through Cash App or Venmo, Spiritual Bestie. If you want to do so through PayPal, it is under Candy, C-A-N-D-Y, writes W-R-I-T-E-S. That is my PayPal. You can make donations that way. Also, if you are don't feel led to make a donation, that's cool. Share the podcast with somebody. Go on Apple Podcasts and write a review. Go on Google Play Podcasts, write a review. Go on Spotify, write a review. I appreciate the love and support any way that it comes. It does not have to be monetary, but you are more than welcome to do so. Also, if you're interested in booking one-on-one sessions, I do have limited availability, but my books are still open. So you can do so on my website, thespiritualbestie.com. There is a direct link to my booking website where you can go and you can book a reading with me a consultation. I am in school for marriage and family therapy. I am a pre-licensed therapist, so I'm on my way. And you will benefit from getting, from having a session with me. It's not just about tarot. It's about getting that spiritual guidance, getting that guidance, um, having someone to listen and having um, someone to, that's unbiased to really pour into you. And I take it very seriously I don't take for granted when you guys entrust me with your personal affairs and trust me with helping you sort through things. I feel very blessed to be able to do that. So those are the ways that you can connect with me and that you can support me. And lastly, um, if you have a question that you want to ask spiritually that you'd like me to maybe read on another episode or answer on another episode, you can go on my website. There are questionnaire forms or um, and communication forms that you can fill out to submit a question. Just be sure to write in the subject line, you know, that it's a spiritual question. And I will be more than happy to answer that question for you on a future episode. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Jessica from Nacho Average Fro and rolling with the homies. Part two is Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. What's up, beautiful souls? It's Candy, your Spiritual Bestie, back with another episode of Real Talk with the Spiritual Bestie. Hey, guys, today I have a very special guest. I have a returning guest, and I have Jessica from Nacho Average Fro. She has been on the podcast before, if you guys remember the Rolling with the Homies episode, and we're doing a catch up, you know, where are they now, Oprah style? <laughs> so what's up, Jessica? How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for us to do this. Me too. Me too. It, we are long overdue. We talked about it. I knew we were going to do it, but, you know, divine timing. Yes. Divine yeah. Timing. So <laughs> now, I want you to reintroduce yourself so that people that maybe ha- didn't hear the first episode. If you guys didn't hear the first episode, pause this, go back and listen so you can kind of piece together, you know, where Jessica went on her journey because she had a very interesting journey. So we're going to kind of, I want you to introduce yourself and then kind of recap where we left off. 
Okay, sounds good. So uh, yeah, so as Candy said, I'm Jessica, and I am the creator of Nacho Average Pro. Um, Nacho Average Pro is a lifestyle design company, and we help uh, high achievers to reallocate 50% of their time to achieve their goals through the process of decluttering. So I think last time I was here, I was talking about clutter, but... I had just left my job, you know, I was just getting into entrepreneurship full time and I didn't even know quite what everything was going to look like. Now it has really come full circle, much more clarity. We can talk about that more. Um, but yeah, I, I have changed a lot in the last couple of years when I left I was on a van life journey uh, with my fiance. Now I'm back home in Dallas, kind of settled, still working on the business. And he is also focusing on his music uh, and putting on events, doing event curation. So really excited to just talk about everything that's transpired so far. Yes. So um, tell, tell us a little bit more about kind of, I call everything. I feel like everybody has their own personal ministry, you know, your life calling or maybe even just your assignment. It's all a part of like your personal ministry. So tell us a little bit more about what you do, the type of people that you help and kind of the different scenarios that you come across. Yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of times when people hear the word clutter or they hear about decluttering, their mind automatically goes to like a few things. It's either like Orders, right? They've seen some show with people with so much stuff and it's overwhelming, or they think like Marie Kondo or some kind of organizing thing that they've seen. And I feel like my, my focus, or I, I like the way you said it, like my ministry is not necessarily people that are overwhelmed with stuff, but really like high achievement who have lived lives that other people, you know, have congratulated them for that, you know, their parents are very excited to tell people about. Um, but they, at the end of the day, come home and feel like they're not doing what they really want to do. Like, that's who I feel I'm here to speak to. Um, because it's, it's hard to say out loud when your life appears to look really great and appears to be going so well, like, this isn't really where I want to be, or this isn't really what I want to be doing. Um, especially when you feel like other people have seriously invested in the education and, and everything that has taken you to the point that you're at in your life today. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think about decluttering not so much as your life is so overwhelmed with stuff that you need somebody to help clear it out, but your life is so full of what other people wanted for you mm-hmm. that you're not ready to you know, do your own thing. You have to carve a path. You have to clear that stuff so you can do the things that are really important to you. So that's kind of where I come from. Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of us have either seen somebody, known somebody or experienced personally, just kind of how like other people try to live vicariously through you. Mm-hmm. And then there's that pressure to not disappoint or not let you know your family members or your friends down, especially if you committed to something, maybe you realize like this thing is not really for me. This is not speaking to my soul. And mm-hmm. you want to release or let go, but maybe you're tied in business or something with a friend. Yeah. And you don't want to, you know, taint that friendship or that relationship. So yeah, I think uh, I think that that goes beyond, like you said, beyond clutter. You know, mm-hmm. it goes way past that. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that you do as far as helping people um, kind of get to that place where they feel, you know, strong enough, confident enough to release everybody else's agendas and kind yeah. of reset? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think what, what's really cool is like, I'm truly just teaching people how to declutter. Um, we start in their home, but through that process, they realize they can apply it anywhere. So we start in their house to just give them something tangible that also they have complete control over, right? So they may in the end of their time with me, want to leave their job, want to launch a business, lose weight, save money, whatever the thing is. Uh, But what we do during our time together is really focusing on the stuff and helping them to see what is your stuff showing you about your patterns? What is your stuff showing you about how you got into this position in your life? Because everything that we do manifests over and over and over again, you know, whether it's our stuff, our money, our time, our relationships, whatever. So I just help them see those patterns through their stuff, allow them to process it. um, And then they come to some conclusions about if they want to continue this pattern or not. I feel like that's a decision everybody gets to make. You might realize I do certain things because I want my mother to be proud. I want this person to be impressed. I'm afraid to let my friends down. And when you go through your house and you see that pattern over and over and over again, you have to come to a decision. Do I want to keep being that person or not? And people generally decide that they don't. Right. And because they built their confidence now curating their home, they they feel a sense of confidence about curating their life as well. Very interesting. So clarity through the process of decluttering comes. It's just a natural it's, it's a natural order. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized that too, because I, I think about you a lot, especially when I'm like getting rid of stuff, you know, there are those people that you meet or you come across. So sometimes when you do things, it triggers like a thought about that person, because you know, that's like, their, that's their thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I always, it, just talking to you and having, you know, the conversation that we had even the last time on what you were doing and how you were starting out really has helped me kind of have like a a sounding board in my mind to like let it go you don't have to hold on to it and your page does that too yeah but I realized that for me because I can be I I can hoard things I think hoarding is not always like you said filling a room to the ceiling sometimes hoarding is just holding on hoarding is really just holding on to things that you Mm -hmm. don't need that don't serve a real purpose right and I found that my grandmother did it my mother does it. I was doing, I've been doing it. I'm doing it less. I'm mm-hmm. doing less. I'm still doing it, but I do it less. <laughs> but I realized that it came from poverty. My grandmother came from Honduras. They had nothing, you know, mm-hmm. they had nothing. So everything had a value. Everything had worth and they didn't have much. So then my mother picked that habit up. And I carried it. And now I'm breaking that, you know, by just periodically going to my closet and cleaning it out, throwing stuff away. Uh Like, hey, I haven't touched this in three weeks. Like, I really Uh don't need it. I haven't worn this in five months. I don't need it. I can't even fit it. Like, (laughs) and I think a lot of girls do that, too, that, oh, Uh I'm going to lose weight and get back into these jeans. So I'm going to hold on to them. And what the the thing that I realized is once I started letting things go, it it just freed space, just it freed energy as well, because things yeah. hold our energy. energy. Mm-hmm. So when we release it and let it go, it frees our energy, it frees our physical space, but it also does something for us mentally, I feel like. Yeah. The lighter yeah. freer when things yeah. are not so compacted or full in your life. Yeah. It's like, 
you need space for possibility is how I like to think about it. You know, sometimes we, especially I think living in America or living in a first world country, even, you know, we tend to equate space with like emptiness and lack. And I think that speaks to also what you were sharing about, you know, your family and and their, um, their own patterns, but we tend to equate space with lack, but I try to share with people spaces about possibility. You know what I mean? Like when your space is full, it's equivalent to your mind being full. It's like, if you don't have room to think, how could you possibly come up with, with new ideas, new thoughts, new opportunities, right? And so it's like in your home, you don't have space to just think, to just be, to decide who it is that you want to become, how you want to live your life, which means you're constantly burdened by things that you probably don't even desire to carry anymore, you know? And so it's it's really about creating the possibility for you to choose what you really want. And you may find you don't need anything. You may find you need something, but you need that space in order to make that decision. I like that. That's mm-hmm. very true. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. What they say, nothing but space and opportunity. Space mm-hmm. leads opportunity, you know. Yeah, like exactly. So tell us a little bit more um, about what's, like, tell us about the journey. Let's do a recap. I want you yeah. to for those that may have decided to just listen through to this episode and they didn't hear the first <laughs> one, um, just kind of tell us a little bit about your journey, how it started, where the idea came from, and then we're going to go into what happened. Yeah, sure. So um, just backtracking. So I started this business, Sinatra Average Pro, uh, in 2017. It officially became like LLC in 2018, but I started back in 2017 uh, and I was in my own kind of a mess, if you will, of just, I had lived a life. It was like, I graduated from college, top of my class, you know, got the fortune 10 job, making really good money, had the retirement account. You know, I was checking all of the boxes, but I was stressed. And I often just felt like very frustrated. Like, is this all there is, you know, is there not more to life than just like work, sleep and repeat? Um, and so then I started on my own journey to just figure out how to have a little bit more joy in my life, you know, and to really be happy and not frustrated or miserable in some senses. Um, and so that led me down this path to mindfulness and, and all these other things. And eventually I stumbled upon this book about minimalism. Um, and that is really what started my personal journey. Uh, around decluttering. You know, I just started decluttering my apartment uh, and I shed all the stuff, the clothes, all this stuff from my kitchen, all these things I had just for the sake of other people. Um, And I started sharing that journey on Instagram and Facebook. Um, So that's really how I started building an audience, building the brand. And people were just so drawn to it, which kind of surprised me. Like I had never intended for this to really be a business in the beginning. I just wanted to share my story, but people were so drawn to what I had to say and felt like I brought this different perspective. And that's what really got the ball rolling, you know, and built this momentum. And so um, fast forward a few years, still working through Notch Average Pro, but now uh, less focused on just social media content and more coaching. So helping people mimic that same process to make some decisions for their life, go after their goals, focus on the things that are important to them. And as part of my 
uh, process to really jump into business. Entrepreneurship was like on my heart. I feel like it was the thing that I had been working towards all those years as I was decluttering. I left my job, went to live out of a van. Um, and so huh. I did that. And yes. <laughs> so let me ask you this before we yeah. go forward. Okay. This decision to quit your job. Yeah. How long did you like play on that, ponder mm-hmm. on that? And then what was your process that actually led to like, yes, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So, you know, the interesting thing is like, I always had this inner knowing from the time I started in corporate America that I didn't feel that I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. So I feel it's, it started like early 2013 to be specific. Um, but it was over the first five, four or five years of being in corporate that it just felt like, I don't know, it was like, something was like eating at me. Like, you're not in the right place. You're not in the right place. You're not in the right place. And so I always knew that I wanted to focus on entrepreneurship. I just didn't know how. And then when things started picking up with Not Your Average Pro, I was like, oh, maybe this is the thing. Cause I had a lot of other ideas about what I could potentially do, but this is the one that really felt like right for me. Um, but it was, uh, so I knew then like, okay, this is what I want to focus my time on. That was 2017. I didn't leave my job though until 2020. Um, I had planned to leave in 2018 actually. And then I got the job that I'd always wanted in corporate. And so I thought, well, maybe this is a sign. I should stick it out a little bit longer. And then I, w- I waited about two years. Um, and then I ended up leaving in 2020, uh, partially because I was ready. I felt ready, like mentally. I fe- finally felt ready. I finally felt like I had something worth leaving for. Um, and then also, uh, I think this was really just divine intervention. Like my company was offering people voluntary leave um, with compensation. And so it was like, I can choose to leave and y'all are going to pay me to Mm -hmm. go. This must be like my time. And that is what got me to finally pull the trigger. So it was, it was a combination of things. It was like, I always knew there was something else I wanted to do. And then it started coming together. And then it was like, all the pieces were just coming together so nicely. It was like, okay, this is my time. I got to do it now. Yes. Okay. You could mm-hmm. get to, I had to ask, like, wait a minute. Was this like an overnight? Cause you know, Beyonce telling people to quit their jobs. Like, <laughs> oh my God, that's confirmation. I'm quitting tomorrow. I don't have nothing in the bank. I'm just done. <laughs> that's so funny. No, 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 no. So when I thought I was going to leave in 2018, I actually, I moved in with my dad so that I could save some extra money. So it was like, I was building a plan and I had, I had a good savings, even though my company compensated, I had savings, but I, um, I really wanted to make sure financially that like that would last. And that's where the van came into play. The van, you know, a lot of people looked at that as like a, I don't know, something I was doing on a whim, like, Oh, this like, just, I'm going on an adventure. 
And it certainly was an adventure, but it was really strategic because we didn't have rent. We didn't have utilities. You know, I think I talked to you in the last episode about like, we don't even have, we have a, like a toilet in here. We don't have no shower. And I never used that toilet, by the way. I never used that toilet once. We just went to gas stations. I just never got comfortable. But um, yeah, I mean, it was just very strategic. Like our expenses were so low that it meant it it would have allowed our money to extend longer than it would have if we were living in an apartment or that kind of thing. So that's really where the van came into play. And we had looked at so many different solutions. Like we had looked at prefab homes and maybe should we buy land and then go live somewhere and then do the business or, you know, doing an RV, we had looked at that. And so we had looked at a lot of things, but the van just made the most sense financially. Um, But also because we were leaving our jobs, gave us an opportunity to really travel and like go and spend time with friends and family, which was also just as important. You know, you only get so many days (laughs) when you work in corporate, you can only see so many people. And so, um, so yeah, that's really how the van came together and we were on the road for, so I think when I talked to you, it was right before COVID, I think. Yeah, we had, I don't even think we have gotten on the road yet when I talked to you. I think we were preparing. Yep. So we were building out. Yeah. Yeah. So we left in the summer. I left my job in uh, January of 2020. Of course, had no idea that the pandemic was going to happen. So then, you know, a couple of months later, the world is like shutting down. Um, We continued on with our plans. We hit the road in June. And we spent about six months traveling. So um, again, we built our plan around friends and family. So we spent a lot of time in like Colorado, Texas, and then a little bit of time on the East Coast, um, visiting some of his family members. And just, it was, I mean, I don't know, somebody asked me once, like, what was the craziest thing you did in the van? And I don't know that I feel like I did anything crazy because living out of a van was like, the craziest thing I had ever done with my life, (laughs) you know? So. Every day was just like a new adventure. And I just, I learned so much about myself. Like you realize what you're capable of, you know, when you really truly bet on yourself. And I think like, that's my favorite thing of of the whole experience. Yes. So um, are you comfortable with talking about how much you guys spent to renovate the van? Like how much did that cost from purchasing it to the full renovations? Um, Mm -hmm. Like what was that? Yeah. So, um, I, so our, our builder has assigned like an NDA as far as the specific pricing on the build out, but I can tell you for the whole van, uh, between purchasing the vehicle and having the build out completed, we spent about $28,000 in total, which is, it sounds like a lot in some instances, but it's actually very cheap. When you start looking at what most people are spending on vans alone, uh, that's usually the, the you know the cost for the vehicle itself. You're talking thirty, thirty-five thousand uh, dollars because a lot of these vans they're Sprinter vans, right? But they're Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, so the van itself often costs a lot. Um, we had a Dodge Ram, so it had some Mercedes parts, but it was a little bit older vehicle. So we got that on Facebook. Actually, we found this guy on Facebook Marketplace. He happened to live in Colorado, so uh, Sly went out there to meet him, did the whole exchange. Then we found a builder um, in Texas, and I don't know. Did we talk about how I found this builder last time I was on the show? I think we did touch on it. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'll recap just briefly. Yeah. And again, just thinking about how everything came together, it was like, 
I left my job in January. And at the time, we thought we were going to do the build ourselves. Like we had watched a lot of YouTube videos. We were feeling very empowered. And so we thought we were going to do the build out on our own. Uh, And then I went on this cruise right after I left my job. And I happened to meet this man who needed help with his cell phone. And I was, I had worked for AT&T. And so it was just so interesting that of all the people we were getting off the boat, like we had just docked and he stopped me to ask me how his international cell phone plan worked. And we just started talking and he was like, would you hang out with me for the day? And of course I'm here by myself. Like I went on that cruise by myself. So I was kind of like, do I want to hang out with this stranger? Right. Like country? I'm like, I don't know you. But I was like, yeah, you know, we can hang out. And so he ended up being so nice. Um, But he tells me, I tell him about my plans and all this stuff. And he's like, oh, well, if you're looking for a builder, here are some people that you can look at. And here's some recommendations I have. He happened to be a hunter. And so he had built out a van for hunting purposes and had like all of these resources. So he ended up pointing us in the right direction for the builder that we got for our van. So it was just like, I was just shocked at how everything um, came together. So yeah, we ended up having someone build it instead of doing it ourselves. And we left that summer. So we left in June of 2020. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to let somebody else do it because I'm sure that would have got stressful in itself. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you were saying like your family, you know, initially some of your family was just not on board you know, with the whole, mm-hmm. you know, that whole mm-hmm. process. Um, your yeah. mom specifically, I remember you yeah. saying. Yeah. How did all of that play out for you guys? Yeah. So, you know, I think that both of my parents ended up coming around. My dad is certainly the more adventurous between the two of them. So like, I think he, they had a united front in a sense, but I think a part of him was like, this is cool. And even to this day, he will say to me, like, I'm thinking about getting an RV. Like that's his thing um, now that he's considering retirement. So um, they, I think they really came to understand like why this was so important to me. You know, like my mom, she always, there was never a day where she wasn't like, how long are you guys going to be doing this? When, when are you getting back? When are you coming home? But I think she came to understand like, I just really needed to pursue my business and put my everything into it, you know, and the van was a part of that. I don't know that a lot of people want to live out of a moving vehicle. You know, I think there are people who do, but I think most people who are doing van life, they're doing it for the travel, you know, they're doing it for the adventure. They're, they're not, they don't truly desire just to live out of a car as much as they uh, they love what that allows them to be able to do and allows them to be able to pursue. And I think that my mom eventually came around to like understanding that and like why I needed to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's something about like when you as a mom, your child always kind of has their own like you can see their personality from when you know they're born mm-hmm. my son is the same way you know <laughs> so I think that a part of your mom I'm sure knew that you were you know mm-hmm. your own person mm-hmm. you know you were gonna definitely make those achievements but at the end of the day you're your own person so there's your own path that, that you need to take so mm-hmm. but that's good how many states like did you guys hit um, trying to think. We did, I think we did about eight states in total. Some states we stayed in longer. So like Colorado, 
Texas and um, Maryland, we stayed in the longest out of any. But then as we were making our way from Colorado to Maryland, we stopped over in like Mississippi, Alabama. So we stopped in a few states, Tennessee, uh, and like spent some time there. So I think it was eight states in total. How was Mississippi? Because I'm I'm good on not even. <laughs> so my family, both my parents are from Mississippi, actually. Really? Yeah. So they're very, you know, Southern, like country folks. Um, so it wasn't that bad. I, I think it's not one of my favorite states. Like I, it's very picturesque. I mean, if you like nature, but like, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't love spending a lot of time there. I just don't find that I have a lot of interest in like being there, but it's not a bad state. It's just, I don't know. To me, it's more of a pass through. <laughs> is it as, is it, uh, you know, cause Mississippi has a reputation. Yeah. That's why I say that, you know, cause yeah. I'm from the South, you know, my family's from, my grandmother on my dad's side is from Alabama. Okay. I'm from Florida. So I definitely understand Southern culture like that's uh, We're here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but is Mississippi like the way that it's stigmatized? I can't say that I experienced anything like that, but my parents have stories. They have a lot of stories okay. about, you know, and they grew up in the sixties. So like they have definitely seen it. I think that, I think Mississippi is a lot like Texas in a lot of ways where it's subtle, you know, it's not overtly racist or anything like that, but there are just subtleties and you just notice how people, how people are like, you notice that there's a group of people over here. There's a group of people over here. They don't mingle that much. Right. And even if they do, it's like, well, I'm at the checkout lane at Walmart or I'm getting food at this restaurant. So that's why we're intermingling. But outside of that, you don't really see that that commingling or that mixing of of people. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's like that's how I've always seen it. I haven't experienced anything outright, but I think it's just subtly you just see there's kind of rules in place and structures in place and everybody just understands. Yeah, because in Florida, if you go into a certain area, they're going to look at you like. (laughs) Right, right. You know. Yes, (laughs) yes. I'm from Tampa and I tell people all the time, people don't realize it. It's it's very quietly kept. Tampa is very racist. Mm. It's very segregated, too. Mm -hmm. It's like you're not going out to a lounge or a bar or anything and really seeing a whole lot of it's going to be that's their bar that's mm-hmm. where you got to go hang out and you know <laughs> so, so yeah. how long total were you guys in the van so we had intended to do a year and we made it about six and a half seven months the van actually broke down on us in the middle of um Colorado. So we were in Colorado for we were planning to leave, I think in September. Um, mm-hmm. but we ended up being there in October. And they had this like freak snowstorm. And when that happened, we couldn't get the van to start. So we waited like a week for like the icicles to melt, for the snow to clear out. And I told Sly, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to like get the van back to Texas. Because at least we'll know, we know it's going to be warmer there. Um, And so I packed up, started driving. I get to Amarillo, which is like the halfway point. Denver to Dallas, it's about 12 hours. So Amarillo is like right in the middle. And uh, it was snowing there too, which I was shocked. Like I've lived in Texas my whole life. I didn't realize that they got snow like that. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this was not the plan. 
So here I am in Amarillo thinking, okay, I'm just going to stay the night, got a hotel. Um, and hopefully, you know, we'll be good to go in the morning. Luckily the sun was shining, so it wasn't that bad. But as I got going, I noticed in the rear view mirror that there was like black stuff in the road behind me, like little pieces of something. And I'm like, <laughs> what is that? And so I pull over and I get like, go like into the road to like pick it up. And it's like rubber. I'm thinking like, are my tires shredding or I don't know what's going on. And I open up like the hood of the car and the timing belt in the van was literally like shredding to pieces as the engine was running. Um, and so here I am now I'm stuck. I'm by myself. I'm in the middle of text. I'm like, I don't know anybody in Amarillo. Um, and I'm just standing there at the hood of the van and these men happened to see me and asked me if I needed help, came down to support me. And they got me in touch with somebody who did, um, who fixed 18 wheelers because we had a diesel vehicle. It was also like the nearest, uh, Ram dealership was in Dallas, of course, which is six hours. So it was like, there's not even anybody out here who specializes in this kind of vehicle. Uh, but they have a lot of 18 wheelers that go through there. So this guy was, uh, grateful. I mean, uh, helpful enough to like, give me his time. And he took the van off my hands. I ended up flying back to Dallas. And then about a month later came back and we picked it up and it was good to go. But then when I came home, uh, Sly and I decided, well, let's go get it looked at. Like now that we've had this issue, let's go get it looked at. And they came back and said, your van needs about $18,000 worth of repair. And we were like, <laughs> Well, that's it on the van. Um, <laughs> this was great, but um, I yeah, was not ready for this. So yeah, so that that was kind of the end of the van journey. We continued living nomadically. Um, he was spending time in Colorado, me in Texas with my parents, and we just traveled. Then we did Airbnbs for a while, uh, and now you know settled here in in Dallas. So uh, it's it was it was a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds <laughs> having that breakdown on the road that yes that that's something I wouldn't have been able to handle my husband <laughs> was there, like, <laughs> I don't know I would have panicked first of all I've gotten to I'm getting to the point where it's like hey you want to hang out with me you want to go with me I'm going to the store come with me and I tell my husband I'm like I need to we need to do some things apart from each other because you you know, you're tying to me real tight, yeah. you know, but that's when you find your person, that's kind of how it goes. You know, mm -hmm. it's effortless mm -hmm. and it's fun to just yeah. have your company with you. Yeah. So when's the wedding? <laughs> so that's the other big thing. So we actually have decided to take a break. Um, so I'm here in Dallas. He is in Colorado right now. Um, uh, still keeping in touch, but I think the van really illuminated for us some of the things that we wanted to work on. And we felt like, let's make sure that we're really ready, you know, before we make this lifelong commitment. So uh, we're, at, we're, we're, I'm kind of just getting settled here in Dallas and he's working on his music, doing events and shows and all that stuff in, uh, in Colorado. Um, and I'm actually working again too. So I'm doing the nine to five and doing Nacho Average Pro again, kind of as a side hustle. So it's, it's interesting. It's like, it feels very much like everything has kind of come full circle, but in a better, I'm in a better place, you know, we're both in a better place than we were, 
you know, when we left two years ago from our jobs. So I was going to say that too um, earlier when you were initially talking about living inside of a moving vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, that really being that close, the smaller the living quarters are, the more you find out about who you are, yeah. who they are, where y'all bump heads, where yeah. y'all disagree, where yeah. y'all really not as compatible as you thought that you were. And, you know, I hope that you guys just do whatever is best for you in this process, because it's so many people that just like we were saying earlier, well, we're together, you know, everybody knows we're us as being together yeah, and and we're supposed to get married. So we're just going to do it, even though we're having these questions or these doubts Mm -hmm. and people just move forward into things, knowing that they still, there's still a lot of unanswered questions, you know, or things are just not ironed out the way that they need them to Mm -hmm. be in order Mm -hmm. to make that type of commitment. So Mm -hmm. hats Mm -hmm. off to both of y'all for being able to be mature enough and sound in who you are to say, Hey, let's take a break. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't because Mm -hmm. breakups don't always have to be toxic. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it was definitely like a very calm conversation. And I think both of us just realizing, kind of thinking about what we said about space earlier is like, we had created so much space in terms of, you know, downsizing our stuff, but also leaving our jobs that creating space for our entrepreneurial endeavors. Um, You know, and it's like, we are, I think, like you said, we are more clear about what we want, where we want to go. And it's like, let's make sure that 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 we both want the same things at the end of the day, you know, that this road is actually going to come together uh, if when it's all said and done. And so we're just taking time to kind of identify that and work through that. That's beautiful. Get clear, yeah. get clear, yeah. Live in, living in your truth, because I talk to so many people that end up in situations that, you know, and I've been in situations where I tried to force something that just wasn't right. It just wasn't mm-hmm. right. Didn't mean mm-hmm. um even the relationship I was in prior to my husband, like he was really nice. We got along. We didn't argue. Mm-hmm. But it was just like there just was something that kind of when when we looked deeper at it, it just didn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. We were compatible in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways we weren't and it just didn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. So um now, as far as the van life goes, yeah. what were some of the things that like you realized like about yourself during that process? What were some of like, what was that experience really like for you on like a deeper, like more spiritual level? Yeah. Um, I know that that had to really awaken and really even sh- expose like certain things about yourself to you. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing now looking back is when I was going through my minimalism journey and decluttering, the pattern that I picked up on was uh, one, that I I often tried to meet other people's expectations, but two, when I felt like I was struggling with that, I would run. And as much as the van felt like the most strategic thing to do, I think a part of me was still running in a sense. And I think what I realized is that I do right now really need to be grounded so that I can better learn myself and be comfortable with myself wherever I go. You know, it was like, I used to feel that running could help me escape, but it's like, wherever you go, there you are. 
You know, you never get to escape being with yourself, being with your thoughts. And so it, that, that did not occur to me at the time, but looking back, I realized, you know, there was a part of me that was still afraid to just be with my own thoughts. And I needed, I needed to go through that experience to realize it's, it wasn't the job, although I I did need to step away. It wasn't the job. It it wasn't the city or it wasn't all these other things. It was just, there was a fear of being with my own thoughts that I wasn't ready to face. Um, And so that's, I think the biggest thing, but while I was on the road, I think I was just so proud of myself for, I mean, little things like the, the bed that we had in the van, I made that myself. I have never really made anything <laughs> ever, like sewn anything. I'm not like a pottery person. Like I don't generally make things, um, but I made that bed and I learned how to cook on this like camping stove over a fire and, you know, which way is the wind blowing? And I need to set up my camping stove this way so the fire doesn't blow out. And it was like all these things I never imagined myself doing I did it and, and did it, you know, well, you know, it it wasn't like, oh, this bed is terrible. I could never sleep on it. Like it was really comfortable. I had really comfortable nights sleeping in the van, you know? Um, and just, I sewed stuff together with my hands and, um, just learning, like, I didn't know anything about cars. I had to learn all this stuff about cars being in the van. So I think for me, it's just like that. I feel, I felt like I learned just what I'm capable of. And like, you really can do anything. You really like can do anything. Um, And I, it's like something people say, but you don't realize it until you put yourself in that situation, you know? And so I really don't look at my life anymore as like, there is something that I can't do. You know, do I have fear? Yes. Do I deal with imposter syndrome? Yes. But like the van taught me like, you could be totally out of your element in the middle of the wilderness on a hike and you'll find your way back. You know, you could be cooking outside and figure out how to get this stove going. Like there was just, there was all these opportunities for me to realize how capable I was. Um, and I think that that, that was one of the big things. And then also, um, from a spiritual perspective, and I think it goes hand in hand with being capable, like you realize being in nature, just, I guess it's two things. One, like how important it is for you to pursue what has been put like on your heart. Mm. You know, I think something I used to think we would be like in Colorado in the mountains and the mountains are so big and you cannot help but to feel so small, you know, but then I was thinking like, but think about all these things that were created that make me feel so insignificant. And yet there was a reason that I was created. You know, there was a reason that I was placed here. Like, there's a reason that we are all here, despite all these other things that feel greater than us, bigger than us, magnanimous, whatever, like we are here for a reason and we are all part of that. So I think that was, that was a big takeaway for me. And then also just that like everything will be provided. You know, when you spend time in nature, you just realize like there's laws that are always at play, always at work and working to your benefit at the same time. That was a lot, but (laughs) those are my thoughts. I'm feeling your peace. I'm feeling your joy. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling all of that radiate off of you. I like, I literally, I'm almost getting emotional because I feel how much that journey 
you know, grew you up. Yeah. And exposed you to you and really showed you like, hey, you know, this is why you shouldn't doubt yourself. This is why, you know, you have to go after what you believe in. Because like you said, yeah, we we sometimes feel so small and sometimes we feel so insignificant, but there is purpose in every tiny aspect of creation, you know? And we went to the mountains back in April. And Mm -hmm. when I tell you, oh my gosh, it's something very different about going up in those mountains. The mountains look alive, first of all, they have faces. (laughs) (laughs) They have faces. And I was like, hold on. All of this, like, it's some, the nature in the mountains is different. It's Mm -hmm. different. It's very Mm -hmm. much, you can feel the, you can feel the life within even the mountains. Yes. And it will definitely, it's definitely a great place to go and just kind of clear, clear your thoughts, clear your mind and just, you know, get in connection. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that time there, but yeah, I, I, I feel your joy. I feel your peace. I'm so happy and proud of you. And there's so much growth in just sometimes breaking away and getting away from all of our security. I think it's, it doesn't matter if it's a ban, if it's a move to another city or another state or another country, breaking away from your comfort zone, breaking away from what feels safe and really stepping out on faith with a plan. You should mm-hmm. definitely have some kind of plan, you know? Yeah. Understand things may not go according to plan, but mm-hmm. at least have a roadmap for yourself. But when you step away from your comfort zone, you really allow your wings to, sp- to spread. And you will then realize how large your wings actually are. Yeah. Because when it's time to fly, you will fly. Mm-hmm. You will fly. You was like, I don't know how I flew, but I, I got <laughs> over here. <laughs> I certainly felt that way. <laughs> yes. So I also was going to say, I mean, we might need a nacho average fro, like outdoor camping retreat or something. Okay. You know, to, <laughs> to really, I could definitely see you out there, you know, having these mm-hmm. events to help people mm-hmm. kind of connect back with themselves and, and yeah. Really, get into the mind frame of decluttering because you kind of do have to prepare yourself to let go of stuff yes yes no I love that idea I actually I used to host I hosted a couple of conferences early on in my not driver's pro career and I've been thinking about bringing it back so I love that you said that yes girl bring them back bring them back take us out (laughs) of nature like let's go on some hikes or of course not while Texas is on fire and scorching but You know, once it cools down, let me know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so what would you advise someone that may be thinking about, maybe it's not van life, but maybe it's just, you know, breaking out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. you know, releasing that safety net in a lot of ways. What were some of the things that, you know, maybe looking back now that maybe you didn't know or that you didn't realize that you learned along the way that you may want to pass on? Yeah, I think. Um, I think the biggest thing is that you can break that security or break free from that security without breaking it all at once, you know? And again, I think that's what I learned through the band life journey. I went so to an extreme and like, I'm so grateful. Like I loved, I loved it. I'm so grateful for that opportunity, 
but I can also look back and realize I could have done it a little bit differently. You know, I could have just left my job and lived at home and that could have been the start. So I, I think you have to, like, you know yourself. I think you have to just go for what you feel in your heart is the best thing. Like pursue that thing that has been placed on your heart. Um, but know that you don't have to throw everything out all at once. You can do it in stages. And I think that also helps to build some of your confidence, you know? So for me, again, I had been decluttering and been making these big shifts well before the van came into play. And I think that's why I felt so comfortable making that leap. Um, so I just want people to know that because I think Instagram, the internet will have you thinking, you know, I'll just leave my job today. I'll just live out of a van tomorrow. I'll just, you know, <laughs> and it's like, even though I did throw caution to the wind in some senses, like I had saved for years before that I had been getting rid of stuff. I didn't choose to live out of a van and then get rid of stuff over 30 days. I did it over three years. So, you know, I think do it little by little. Don't feel like you have to throw everything out because it seems like time is running out. Time will always be on your side. Yeah. I think if we slow down and just take our time with any process, we can always um, better prepare ourselves for, you know, prepare our minds, our spirits. Like there is a preparation time period that goes into any major change. You know, mm-hmm. we do allow, sometimes we don't have the opportunity to prepare for things because life right. happens. Right. But when we're, you know, breaking away, like you said, you may want to quit your job. Well, make sure you have a plan so that you can sustain yourself and make sure you have a plan that if the plan kind of falls apart in some way, kind of where you're going to pivot, how you might pivot, because life will definitely expose your, expose you, expose your hands (laughs) and throw (laughs) everything at you to say, Hey, and it's all for your growth. It's all, it all happens for your growth. So I feel like the van journey was very necessary in so many ways for you guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, without taking it, I think that, yeah, you could have, you know, just lived at home, mm-hmm. but there was all of this world too, that was waiting all of this U.S. you know, space Mm-hmm. waiting to be explored by you guys mm-hmm. and you've left your mark in these in these different spaces yeah so what was your favorite place park like whatever just kind of give me some of your yeah. top so, places. favorite places um taylor park in colorado um we that we actually ended up there by accident so we were supposed to be going to crested butte which i still never made it to because the van like overheated. That was the first sign we knew something might be wrong. The van like overheated. We ended up at Taylor Park in Colorado and it was, it was like beautiful. I'll send you a photo so you can share it. Um, but like we were sitting there and we just opened up the back doors in the van. It looked literally like a postcard, like the mountains were in the back. There was still a little bit of snow on top. Um, and we were just hanging out and this hummingbird came I like the uh the bed that I made I used this cloth that had flowers on it and I guess the hummingbird was attracted to it and so he came and was like in front of our faces just fluttering like right in front of us I had never been so close to a hummingbird in my life and I actually got it on camera um so I'll send you that picture but that was one of my favorite places and then also we spent some time in um Georgia and we stayed at this campground that was just 
so beautiful. And like everybody was just so nice, so welcoming. Um, so those are probably two places. And I'm trying to think it, that's so hard to decide, but we also drove through Virginia and the mountains of Virginia were beautiful. So uh, those are probably my favorites. Okay. So do you see yourself um, settling in any of those areas or is Texas, <sighs> it, you know, as far yeah. as I'm a Texas girl, you know, I think that I, I see myself in Texas, but I honestly, I think about doing van life again, because it's, there is a freedom that I just know I desire. And that's why I say, you know yourself, right? Go after the thing that's on your heart. Just know that you don't have to throw everything out at once if you don't want to. Um, but I, I love like traveling and I love the freedom that the van provided. So I think there's another van in the future. I just need to, there's some things I need to settle in my life first so that it's truly not me running from something, but really running to something at the end of the day. So that's, that's me, but Texas is home. Well, thank you so much. I really am so happy for you. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come back and catch us all up on van life, how that went. And so I can can we say that you recommend van life to somebody that may be looking for an adventure or a change? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It will, it will change your life. I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything like it. Well, thank you, Jessica. Jessica, tell everybody how they can connect with you, follow you, and if they want to work with you. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me at nachoaveragefro.com. That's N-A-C-H-O and then averagefro.com. And I also use the same handle on Instagram at nachoaveragefro. All right. Well, thank you again, Jessica. I so appreciate it. Wishing you many blessings and you are always welcome on Real Talk with Spiritual Best. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. All right, guys. Thank y'all so much for tuning in and I will see y'all on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>